I'm Cape. And I'm Drew. We're just two former student athletes who understand the game. Not just on the court. But in life. At the end of the day, we just want to help. Today's athletes and former just trying to find their way. It's bigger than sports. This, this is, is the Cape and Drew Podcast. Podcast the, the Real, real TikTok. TikTok. I'm Kate. I'm Drew. All right, everybody. We got a special guest today with us. Um, it's uh, it's a current student athlete, and we met her at or in Austin, Texas, back in January at the Black Student Athlete Summit. Um, kind of randomly met her in a, in a Starbucks line. I think we were both getting coffee at the time, and I, I kind of was not necessarily ear hustling, but I was kind of listening to what they were saying. And I was kind of got engaged by what they were saying because they were talking about their season and their relationship with their coaches and just how the season was going. And so we just started having a conversation. And, um, you know, it, it was it just intrigued me because I was like, oh, my God, I used to have those same types of conversations with my teammates. And so we just kind of been staying in touch since then. I was back in January and uh, we were actually trying to work on going to her university um sometime this semester but of course because of the pandemic weren't able to do that so we just reached out to her about having her on the show and she she said yes so without further ado miss Margot snipe how you doing today hi guys thanks for having me <laughs> yeah absolutely i do have to ask you before we get started you you said something on instagram when, when we asked asked you to be on the show you said you sure i'm the right person what <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I was surprised that you guys reached out to me. Why? Because, you know, I'm never sure what I can offer to these types of conversations. Oh, man. Um, you can offer a lot. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. Um, so uh, everything is good, Joe Way? Everything, everything good these days? Yeah, everything's good. I just finished my last class of undergrad two days ago oh congrats congratulations and i have i'm finishing a couple papers but then i'm done so that's great so can you uh kind of tell us like your whole background story as far as like you know where you're from your family dynamics and how you kind of began playing volleyball yeah um so for me if anyone asks me where i'm from i don't usually give an answer because i moved all over the place so I was born in D.C., but then I moved around a lot, Maryland, Texas, Virginia, and then I spent high school in Italy. Oh, wow. Yeah, then moved to New Jersey, then went to college in D.C. at Georgetown, so. And yeah. when did you start first playing uh, volleyball? Um, that was in Virginia, so I want to say late elementary school. Um, I played volleyball in gym class. You know how you kind of rotate sports? Oh, yeah. And <laughs> And I loved it enough that I convinced my dad to let me sign up for club volleyball. So I started playing that in Virginia. And then when I moved to Italy, I played in Italy for an Italian club and for my high school club. I heard like overseas volleyball, it's like the real deal. Like it's serious. Oh, listen, it's really intense. (laughs) (laughs) So that's good to kind of hear. And then, um, so let's say you moved here. I want to know how did that impact with your recruiting wise just because you know when you move around like that it's kind of hard for people to keep up with you so how'd you kind of adjust yeah um basically pretty much every su- every summer that I was in Italy 
I came back to the U.S. Mm. So uh, I want to say starting after sophomore year, I would just plan out what colleges I wanted to go see and I would register for their camps. So I'd go play for coaches at their summer camps. Oh, wow. Um, and like email them before the fact, letting them know I was going to be there and everything. So wow. that was most of my recruiting process was emailing, sending video, and then playing for them when I got to the U.S. over the summer. Mm. And um, what made you kind of decide to go with Georgetown? Um, yeah, so at first I was really against Georgetown. Um, just because I was born in D.C., I lived in Maryland and Virginia. I was like, I really want to go somewhere new. Um, but every search I did based on what I wanted in the school, Georgetown would pop up. Mm. Then my dad finally convinced me, just click on it, check it out, see what it's about. So I did, and then I ended up going on campus, and I fell in love the first time I was on campus. Mm. Uh, emailed the coach a bit, came to play for her at the Georgetown Volleyball Summer Camp this summer before senior year. Mm. And she said, if you can get into the school, you can have a jersey. Mm. So I applied to, I knew Georgetown was my dream school, applied early action, got it in December and emailed the coach. And she was like, all right, you, you still have your spot if you want to still walk on. So that's my Georgetown journey. <laughs> and now when you like, just to rewind that back a little bit, you were like, you had an idea of what you were looking for in, in schools. Like, yeah. what was that? Um, I wanted a campus, but I also wanted to be in a big city. Mm. So a school like NYU wasn't really going to be for me because there's, I didn't feel the campus energy there, mm. but Georgetown's perfect because it has its own campus on the side of DC, but it's also right, you can walk anywhere. You can walk to the monuments, run to the monuments from our school. Um, I wanted a school that wasn't too big, wasn't too small, great education, great sport, really good combination there. Um, had what I was interested in studying. I knew I wanted to do something in journalism. So those are, I also wanted to go kind of close to home, but not too, so it's like four hours away. Okay. Was it a big transition for you your freshman year? So my, I'm pretty interesting in that my first two years at school were really great. Like I didn't really get homesick. My hardest semester was actually senior fall. Mm. Um, my transition to school was pretty smooth. I feel lucky about that. Now, tell me, tell us about that, that last two years now. You kinda... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't, you can't leave that out. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, my first two years were really great. Um, three years, I mean, my last year was still really great. Um, but senior fall was pretty, I don't even know how to describe it. There was a lot of stuff going on. I mean, it was my last volleyball season. Um, and then we had this moment on our campus where we started talking a lot about sexual assault. Mm. Um, that was really intense because that there were a lot of conversations concerning that. And I was finishing volleyball and I was working through my relationship with my head coach at that time. Um, so yeah, there was a lot going on. Yeah. It's interesting to hear you talk, Margo, about, uh, 
you were looking for in a college like you talked a lot about education and and you were looking for that Mm -hmm. I know me and Drew laugh about that we were like man what kind of facilities do y'all have where am I gonna be staying like who 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 y'all playing what conference you in (laughs) yeah right are you Nike or Adidas like it's so interesting And, and I think you know a lot of stuff uh that I've learned uh working with athletes and doing research is so funny so interesting how guys and how male and females, you know, think about their sport, like, you know, for, for you, and I don't want to speak for you, but most, it, you know, research says that most women pick their schools with, you know, looking at it through the lens of what kind of education can I get there? Because you're not necessarily thinking of your sport as making you a million dollars, making or going pro for guys. We don't care about it. We don't care about our advisors. We don't care about what degrees they have. <laughs> We're like, who do y'all play? Like Drew said, are you wearing Nikes, Reebok, Adidas? <laughs> you know, how many do we got on ESPN this year? <laughs> exactly. Um, so to hear you say that is cool, and I do know Georgetown is just a. I mean, that's what they're kind of known for, right? Their education. Yeah. Um, so I mean, that's that's awesome. Uh, I, I just thought that was funny. I mean, you you actually fall into what research says. So that's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> What yeah. was a day in the life for you as a student athlete, or what was a day uh, a day in the life for you as a student athlete at Georgetown? And just kind of talk about the the academic and the sports grind. Yeah, um, so it's a lot. You basically wake up at six a.m. for practice. Um, it depends. My team did. We alternated practice in the morning. Um, in the spring and then practice in the afternoon in the fall. So fall would look like wake up, lift in the morning, go to class, come back for practice at like 3 p.m., practice for a few hours. Um, And in between that, you had class. Spring is more like wake up, 6 a.m., lift, practice, and then you kind of have the day to yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, But in season, that's like Monday through Thursday, maybe. And then you're traveling all weekend or you have back-to-back home games. So volleyball plays two to three games a week mm. in season. And then my last two years in school in the spring, I decided to do internships, which was <laughs> insane. So I'd like wake up 6 a.m. lift, practice. Then I had the whole day to myself. So I interned on a couple of days a week. Practice sprint to the locker room, try to get myself looking professional, shower, sprint on campus, work all day. Um, Hope I remembered to pack all my clothes for the day because I would pack the night before and I couldn't go home before I had to go from practice to my Mm. internship. So I was like, hope I have all my clothes. If not, I have to improvise. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Where, Where did you intern? So I interned... My first internship was a local one in New Jersey for a place called NJTV News. That was summer before my junior year. Junior spring, I interned at CNN. Um, The summer after junior spring, I interned at this place called The Marshall Project. It's a nonprofit criminal justice um, news place. They do a lot of investigations. And then senior spring, I'm at CBS News. Gotcha. And so... just, were they uh like how how were they handled by your coaches? Were they like encouraged or were they kind of like frowned upon? Um, so 
Uh, my coach definitely tried to get me to take things off my plate. Um, me personally, it, I didn't feel like an internship was interfering with my volleyball performance. Also, like, quite honestly, I was not, I'm not getting any money from volleyball. Mm -hmm. So I think that did give me a lot more leeway to say that I'm going to have this internship. Um, I think if I had money, my coach might've been able to <laughs> get me to take more things <laughs> off my plate. But That's uh, that's interesting because yeah. I remember you mentioned, so you walked on at Georgetown, right? But yeah. you were expected to do everything that everyone else was doing. It wasn't like, oh, you just walk on, so you don't want to come to practice on these days. Like, you were still expected to be there. Yeah. No. I mean, we had we had some players who were, like, practice players who came in a few times mm -hmm. a week. Um, that Yeah, that was different than my situation. Yeah, it's um... – <laughs> It's crazy. I don't I don't think people understand that that really I mean, we had walk ons at VCU and they were doing the same things that we were doing. They were traveling. They were yeah. working out. It was right there in the pool workouts at 6 a.m. They were if, if they missed class, they yeah. were in trouble, got us all in trouble. Uh, so the expectations yeah. is the same. They just don't get the reward that the, the 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 top five, top seven or the starters get as far as playing time. But but the expectations are, are the same. And it's, you know, coaches, I'm, you know, I would I would say, Margo, that if you were a football player or basketball player at Georgetown, an internship would be out, would be out of the line, <laughs> out of the question. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah. but uh, it's, it's great to hear that, you know, you had a good experience. Um, sounds like you had a good experience uh, with those interns. But. Mm -hmm. One one question we did want to ask because me and Drew were you know we were talking to uh, Doctor Force who who you introduced us to it uh, yeah. at, at Georgetown shout out to Doctor Force hope she 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 <laughs> yeah I hope she, I hope she gets an opportunity to listen to this I'm sure she'd be proud of you but we were we were talking to her about doing some about me and Drew coming to campus and do having some dialogue um, just uh, about being mm -hmm. a, a black. Uh, student, um, student athlete on, on a campus like Georgetown because of some things that had kind of happened over the, what, what would you say, couple years, year or so, um, a couple yeah, years. Couple years. And um, so, I, you know, me and Drew just had to ask you, just as a black woman, um, you know, was it difficult for you to navigate campus outside of sports, uh, like in the classrooms, clubs and organizations, why social settings? And if so, just, you know, speak on that a little bit. Yeah, I would say I didn't really actually realize how much I was caring with myself as a Black woman on campus until probably my last year. Um, with, like I mentioned before, conversations about sexual assault. Um, and that specifically happened a lot within the Black community, that conversation. Um, that was a lot. And then we talked a lot about um, just our Black identity at the Black Student Athlete Summit. That's when I sort of got to realize how much I was actually caring with me. Um, one of the presenters, and I don't know, I don't remember exactly who said this, but it stuck with me, is that Black student athletes have the same expectations mm. with more stress mm -hmm. and fewer resources. That, that is so true, especially at a PWI. Um, and at Georgetown, there's this sort of expectation that if someone's an athlete on campus um 
they're not as smart or they got here only because of the jersey they don't belong here um there's a certain perception that comes with that so like for me there was a lot of stuff that I kind of shifted in my behavior like I wouldn't wear my volleyball gear to class for the first few weeks because I didn't I'm already walking into the classroom black I'm already walking into the classroom as a woman I don't need you to continue to stereotype me on the fact that I'm an athlete so I'm going to sit in the classroom and show you I can hang before I let you do that that's one of the things that I like personally hey Margo, Margo stop right there stop right there because because I have <laughs> I need you to understand what you just said and because uh-huh. you know I I know as a former student athlete and I know how important getting the gear is right and yeah. you're and you're so excited yeah. to wear your gear on campus yeah. and plus being a student yeah. athlete if you yeah. come in from workouts if you come before whatever you're like man i'm tired i'm about to just put on this georgetown yeah. t-shirt or whatever so that statement you just made is so powerful because it's like you would you were fighting against your own identity and what you were or what you you know what what people knew you to be, but you you flipped it. You were like you understood on that in that climate in that space that you know I need this is this is me kind of playing defense right now. Like I don't want this kind of attention. That's that's kind of mm-hmm. that's kind of crazy, and I wonder how many other uh, student athletes feel like that. I mean, yeah. When we get our gear, when I got my gear. Um freshman preseason we call it Christmas every preseason when we get all our gear and we're so excited it's not the athlete I'm not ashamed of my athlete identity when you put me in the classroom I don't need all that but like you said like we come from practice we have 15 minutes to run from the weight room to class um it takes yeah it took a lot of extra work to change clothes to not wear my volleyball gear every day but I, I think it comes with like a certain stereotype threat we talked about um, mm-hmm. at the Black Student mm-hmm. Athlete Sum- Summit, like the fear that any wrong move reflects on one part of your identity. So a student athlete or your race or your gender. So I feel like. Yeah. That's and I, I know Drew works a lot with student athletes and I worked a lot with student athletes um, in my former institution and guys would come. I actually taught a class and guys on the football team would come to class, Margot, looking like they had just been wrestling in mud. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yo, come on now. Like, like I'm, I mean, I know it's me, but you got to understand most professors already put student athletes, black student athletes in a box to your point in, anyway. And so exactly. if you come into class looking like you ain't showered, looking like you just kind of rolled out of bed or, you know, yeah. you walk into that. I mean, they will walk around cat to calf like that. I'm like, dude, you look like you didn't wash your hands. <laughs> you're about to eat so i don't think student athletes understand the perception that you know professors staff just people in the community you you know a lot of us just think that you know i'm a student athlete like i'm bringing money to this university i'm a star but that uh that's not first of all that's not necessarily that's not the case but second of all people's perception of you is their own reality a lot of times and so um mm-hmm. you know the professors they you know, they can they they dictate whether you're going to get a grade in the class or graduate or whatever. So you got to be careful with that. Mm-hmm. And Ms. Margo, yeah. so with your internships, right, 
Do you feel that mm -hmm. you're a little bit more polished than maybe some of your teammates who didn't get those opportunities or take advantage of those opportunities? So I, I think preparing yourself for your career before you reach senior year, that's a really mm -hmm. important thing to me, especially for student athletes, because like in my four years, so I'll say three because I was a senior my last year, but I watched a lot of seniors not start to think about what they wanted to do mm -hmm. after school until like senior spring, until graduation, and who are still working through it, which is fine. I just really want people to start thinking about it earlier. And I think I did that. And I tried to take advantage of my opportunities. That's one of the reasons that I chose Georgetown was I'd be in a big city and I could intern. Um, I think it's important for athletic departments and student athletes to really think about what we're doing to develop student athletes beyond just our identity as student that's, athletes. That's very, very dope. I wish I would have take, taken that same approach. <laughs> I had no clue. I probably didn't start thinking about it like, until the last buzzer sounded. <laughs> uh, what would you say your biggest accomplishment was in college um, on or off the court, off the volleyball court? Yeah. Um, that's a really, really, really hard question. Um, one thing I would consider my biggest accomplishment to date is just getting into my dream school and being able to play my favorite sport yeah. for that school. Um, but in terms of what I've done in school, I would say that from day one, like when I stepped on Georgetown's campus and knew I was going there, like my biggest dream was to start one day to get some sort of, sort of playing time. Um, but if I reflect like on my time, I've been able to serve as our student athlete advisory council president. I've been team captain. I've been able to go to three national conferences and present it at one um, and form some really great relationships with teammates, coaches, administrators. And I don't think I would have ever mm. thought about that for myself. It just sort of happened. Um, so I'm really, I think that's pretty cool to see how that's progressed. Like my biggest dream was to just play. And so. Yeah, that's, that was a huge accomplishment. And I know that most of us that don't make it pro, we, we, we look at that as, you know, we're failures. I know I struggled with that for, for quite some time. Um, but like you said, once you reflect, you're like, you know, I mean, first of all, Marco, you're about to get a degree from Georgetown University. Uh, that's that's pretty stellar in itself. And um, like, yeah, you're welcome. And like and like you said, the connections that you made while you were there, like you understood. It sounds like you understood how to play the game, like, you know, you know, networking with people, doing the internships, you know, early on, seeing what you would be able to do post playing, playing a sport in post Georgetown. And so. So many of us don't do that. I mean, me and Drew, we always talk about how lucky we got um, throughout our process. But um, mm -hmm. I mean, it's tough to it's tough to focus when basketball when ball is life, though, <laughs> for for four years. Um, so, mm -hmm. but what speaking of Georgetown, like what's going on around there? Like, what's the what's the temperature uh, with the athletic department? Uh, when is when is graduation for you? Mm -hmm. 
Oh, so <laughs> we um, we started, there was a student petition that went around basically asking the university to postpone mm. our graduation instead of making it virtual. And so the university agreed to that. So our university is, our graduation, I mean, is postponed until until we're allowed we're allowed to gather safely. <laughs> so I don't know when graduation is going to be. <laughs> I don't know if my diploma is coming in the mail, if I'm waiting until there's a commencement ceremony. I have no idea. Um, but in terms of Georgetown athletics, I'm kind of disengaged from the athletics everything with that just because i'm in senior spring i think um my involvement with SAC, our student athlete advisory mm. committee has kept me in athletics throughout senior spring um but i know there's a lot of social media engagement with our athletic department we have zoom sessions with our sports psychologists meditations with our um chaplain strength coaches use social media to put out workouts um and our student athlete advisory committee has done a lot to just try to keep a sense of community and do things on social media. So that's, that's good. I mean, here. that sounds like a lot that the athletic department is doing. Um, what's, <laughs> so is basketball still yeah. uh, y'all's biggest sport, men's basketball? Okay. Now, now the reason I yeah. ask, because me and For Drew sure. grew up during the time when Georgetown was top 25 every year uh, through basketball. I know things have changed. I know y'all yeah. had, I know y'all got Pat Ewan as a coach and y'all had old buddy. I can't remember his name, Mac. They call him Mac. Uh, sophomore kid. He's pretty good now, but mm-hmm. yeah. And I think he put his name yeah, in the draft, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, oh, did they? Yeah. I feel like, there. I feel like student athletes yeah. are like doing that because they they don't know what, NCAA, they don't know what college sports is going to look like. So. Yeah, go for yeah, it. Man. I mean, yeah, and, you it. know, we we had uh, Eric Main on our last show. We played ball with him in college, and he played in the NBA for some time. And he's a coach in the G League now. He was talking about the impact of the G League and and all of mm-hmm. that. But but because guys can go play in that league for money, so just uh, how it's kind of making NCAA basketball obsolete. But uh. It's 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 very interesting. But anyway, um, so during this pandemic, COVID-19, what's been your biggest challenge? I mean, you know, just from a student athlete perspective, I know that you're you're not necessarily in season and all of that. I know you're still kind of dealing with SAC and all of that. So what's been your biggest challenge um, and what adjustments have you made? Yeah, there there are a few parts of that. There's like me personally, then there's like leadership within athletics, and then mm-hmm. there's general student athlete challenges. I would say that so my senior spring cut cut short, and I was looking forward to this as like my time I can finally enjoy college without athletics. I can finally socialize. I could run to the monuments if I wanted in the mid afternoon. I could stay up late with friends and not have to worry about this day in practice. Um, that happened for <laughs> a couple months and now we're here in a pandemic. Um, so that's been an adjustment. Although I'm the type of person that loves mm-hmm. to go, 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 and I don't give myself much rest. So this has actually helped me take a break 
and learn how to not have plans, which is interesting. But I say, like, from a student-athlete perspective, it's crazy to think that student-athletes went from this super regimented plan every single day of their four years, if not however many years before they got to college, to all of a sudden, like, Mm. complete control over their schedules. I know we talked a lot about, like, autonomy over your body as an athlete. So, like, what does that look like now after you've had coaches, administrators, strength coaches Mm. tell you what to do all the time? And, like, senior spring athletes went from that much time with that to, like, now I'm home and I can make my own schedule. Um, That's pretty crazy. Like, that's hard. I've had somewhat of an adjustment because I finished my sport in the fall. So I was kind of learning how to do that already in my first few months of senior spring, but that cutoff like that, yeah. I think it's pretty it was like hard. Just, it was just all of a sudden um, like out of the blue, too. It wasn't even no prep time. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> no um, prep. What are you looking forward to like the most after quarantine and things get back to you know some some normalcy? <laughs> um, honestly, socializing, <laughs> being with friends. Um. Yeah. yeah, I think I think we're all there. Uh, you know, we just can't wait. I know you see all those memes on Instagram. You just can't wait to go outside and <laughs> just kind of be around people and cook out. And, yeah. uh, you know, this Zoom stuff is cool, but it's it's like, yo, when when can I see yeah. you again? <laughs> so uh, it's, it's going to be exactly. tough, but I, I don't I don't think that's going to happen for a while, Marco. I hate, I hate to tell you that. Yeah, especially know, up uh, northeast. Really um, you know, I I think the south, the southern states are having a little bit yeah. more leeway, obviously, because we're there's not nearly as many people. But place like yeah. D.C., where you have so many people, so many tight quarters, I I don't know. So uh, just hang in there, champ. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um. So what's next for yeah. you? Like, you know, what you got going on? What's your goals coming up? Um, yeah, so I've done a lot of journalism stuff during college, so I plan on continuing that. Um, I was supposed to be a part of, I don't know if you've heard of Politico. Um, they do, yeah, they do, they have this journalism institute that I was going to be a part of for, it was in May, so it's supposed to be in like two weeks. That's not happening anymore. We're going to do some online stuff with Mm -hmm. that, but I'm interning with the Tampa Bay Times. So that's going to be remote. It's still on though. So I'll be doing a lot of journalism. My ultimate goal is to be a national politics reporter. So working on that, but I've been lucky to keep my internships. I know a lot of stuff has been canceled. Yeah, that's awesome. So I got kind of lucky. So they're still going to let you do it like just remotely, you said? Yeah. So if their office is still remote, they'll let they'll bring the interns on remotely that's, that's awesome to start early june so is there anything so now that you're about yeah. to be an official like an official official adult in the real world would you are there any like questions or things that you would ask like former student athletes about just like that transition piece to life after you know your your sport mostly i'm wondering so I've been really involved with athletics. I'm wondering how I stay connected. Like I'm basically about to go 
from being super involved with athletics, talking to student athletes all the time, talking to my athletic director all the time, to like no connection to athletics whatsoever, no sport. I'm wondering yeah, how I so stay connected. You used to talk to people all the time, so now you have to like call and try to see if you can get on their calendar. <laughs> Maybe that's an adjustment <laughs> itself, definitely. Yeah. One one thing, one thing I would some advice I wish yeah. uh, that I would have did done right right when I graduated was, and it's so easy for this generation now because you know when I graduated, the only real social media platform there was was Facebook and Black Planet, <laughs> so. <laughs> So Facebook was just getting started, but it wasn't like it is now. So I would just say to you is that, I mean, the same way y'all connect now, I'm sure y'all have group meetings together. I'm sure y'all are tagging each other on social media or, or Snapchat, whatever's going on. And so I would just say continue to do that, man, because it is different. I know when I finished I just felt like I didn't, I was like, I don't know what to do with my hands. Like, what do, what do I do? I don't, I don't know what to do. And then, you know, working out, like, how do you work out to your point earlier about always having a trainer, always having a team to work oh out with. God. And so I gained so much weight because yeah. I was just thinking like, I'm going to just go to Wendy's. I'm going to eat yeah. this, this, this double stack. I'm still going to be good, but you're not good. Cause you didn't, you haven't done a cardio in two weeks. So, um, you know, it's just it's really just on you. The good news is, is that as an athlete, you know how you know what to do as far as exercising. You know, you know how to kind of communicate. You've been doing it for your whole life through sports. Um, And that's the thing me and Drew stress is like, man, athletes, you don't realize that you got it all. You you really do as far as being able to transition to life. Um, but you don't, you're not taught that. You're not told that throughout the process. Um, so, but you'll be fine. I mean, I, you know, just, just look, if you try to go back to catch a game or something, just, you're going to have to pay. Uh, <laughs> especially, especially at Georgetown. I'm sure, I'm sure they're like, nah. Yeah. Um, oh, oh yeah. 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 Also, what do I do about injuries? I can't just walk down to my training room. If I have a pulled muscle, I have to figure out how to treat my own pulled muscle. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to have to go buy your own ibuprofen. Yes. The best advice I could give you for that, oh Margo, don't get hurt. <laughs> because me and Drew, we, we, don't, we don't play ball as much as we used to. But I remember talking to Drew. And Drew would be in an ice bath <laughs> or, or he'd be like popping <laughs> ibuprofen or you. And then you get creative. You start looking, you start going to CVS and get like your own tape wrap and, you know, messing it up <laughs> and all that. But yeah, just don't get hurt. <laughs> yeah. 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 She, yeah, she said that we make our own ice bath. Yeah. Because, you know, Try to do a, a, a student, a current student every now and ice bath. They're like, yeah, I'm not trying to do that. But you almost live for those moments <laughs> when you're like done playing. It's like, yeah, I think I, I think I rock with that ice bath. Now. I tell you, <laughs> an ice bath and a nice cold brew at the same time. <laughs> that that that'll get you through. Um, so we're down to the last question, uh, and this is this is the one that I think is just really important. Uh, now that you've kind of lived and you're graduating and you've been through it, but what advice would you give to any young um, student athlete that's coming up? What specific advice would you give to a woman of color um, who's looking to go to a PWI? Oh, 
Yeah. So I would say kind of like I touched on before, really finding time to invest in learning about yourself. So I think that's what college is for, but I think sometimes athletes, we get really tunnel vision on our sport. Um, trying to think through what we like outside of athletics, also what we like about athletics that can be applied other places, um, trying to learn about ourselves and what we can apply from being athletes to life after college. Also use your career center. I did that. I had a meeting with my career center pretty early on and I think we should take more advantage of that as student athletes. Um, I also say like in getting to know yourself, also go after what you want. Like I know I wasn't getting money, so maybe I could pull a little bit harder on that point. But, you know, stick up for yourself, you know? Like you deserve to invest time in your future, just like any other student at your university. Um, so that's a big point for me. But also at the same time, don't take yourself too seriously. Like enjoy your time and be present <laughs> in college. It's so much fun. I'm so sad that I'm done. <laughs> I hope I didn't peak in college and it's like all these here. Um, but also in terms of being, in terms of attending a PWI as a woman of color, real talk, most of the people that you're in class with are not going to understand your experiences um, and they're not going to invest time in understanding about your experiences. But I think if you can find a community that supports you um, and people who are willing to listen to your experiences, share them, be open about them, I think that's important. But I, I say don't hold back. Even that's awesome. And listen, look, see... You have more to offer than you think, Margo. <laughs> on every, I, you you literally just check the box on everything me and Drew try to try to tell young people, especially like being on this side now. As far as like the biggest thing you just said was you know the career center. Like me and Drew never went to the career center ever. Well, well, I know VCU. VCU had one. I think you're talking about Central, right, Drew? Okay. V yeah. Yeah. VCU had one, but Margo, you got to understand, and this is the point I was making earlier with the difference between women and men, I think, is that we literally, and I came from a great family, like, I mean, and nobody had made it pro or anything, but it's just like, that's all you care about. And so it's almost like, to think of anything else, you're cutting yourself short. Or you, if, if you think of another career, it's like you're you're kind of telling yourself that basketball is not going to work out. You know what I mean? And so I never, I didn't, I didn't have a resume, no intern, didn't yeah. think about any of that. And I'm just like, what if I would have? And I think that's why me and Drew are so passionate about working on college campuses now, in general, talking to young people about a. Hey, these resources right now that are free, they cost money <laughs> when you get out of here. Um, so, you know, that's just so yeah. cool and, and important yeah. for you to say those type of things. And as far as investing in yourself and st stand up for yourself, I mean, that's important because it could be a lot of bullying going on in yeah. athletics. Um, so, yeah, man, you, you got more than offered than you think. But uh, you're very welcome. So listen, this is a very important uh, Thank you. Uh, show for us too, Margo, just because 
this marks the one year anniversary of the of the first episode that we released. Yes, and we didn't realize it. Me and Drew went back and looked. We were really? Like, Man, I think our one year anniversary is coming up. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so. What? Oh no, no! And the reason, well, you first of all, you're worried. You just worthy. proved that. <laughs> but uh, it's the whole reason we wanted to start this podcast was, you know, because it's really about the the, the student athletes, the current ones, and the future ones, and. To have you on the show, I didn't know before I even reached out to you to ask you, but I looked at it, I was like, man, it's perfect timing because this is why we started it. We wanted we wanted to connect and reach out to student athletes. And so to have you on and and for you to answer the questions the way you did and that last that last yeah. tip that you just gave, that is exactly why we wanted to uh to to start the pod. And uh we appreciate you. Likewise, yeah. and I hope we I'm cross happy. paths we again cross soon. Once, once this summit. pandemic is over, me and Drew, you know, would, would still love to come sure. to university. I know you're graduating, but I'm sure you'll still have some pool. <laughs> um, and so, um, again, we thank you. Um, congratulations, <laughs> whenever your graduation is. <laughs> uh, congr- <laughs> you'll be you'll be having you have a job and all of you'll be high up in journalism by then but at least you'll get your degree but um we appreciate you so much <laughs> no problem thanks for being on i'm kate yeah thank you for having me catch y'all I'm next Drew. time